you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth last week i asked for content and you guys came to the rescue in a huge wave i can't tell you how much i appreciate it Tons of questions came pouring in. I got responses from a few people who said they wanted an entire episode devoted to their issues, and so I am working on getting back to you all. In the meanwhile, I thought that I would devote an entire episode to those questions that came in this week. The emphasis for one person was on trends, but there were some other questions too, so I'm excited to mix it up and share with you today on Big Design Small Budget, we are talking trends. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and let's dive right in. So this week, those questions came pouring in, and I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Kelsey, and like I said, if you have questions for her, send those in. Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to launch in with these. So Trudy wrote in with a big list of questions that I can't wait to tackle. The first one was, Betsy, can you describe exciting changes in interior design trends? What's hot or new this year? Likewise, what do you see as a timeless classic? So I'm sure, Trudy, you've listened to my Trends episode, which aired earlier this year. But in case you haven't, I'm going to pick out just a few that immediately come to mind. A personal favorite of my designer Paulina's is the black and white trend. So whether it's zigzags or stripe or zebra print, that stark contrast of black and white is all the rage. It's actually fairly easy to fold into whatever color scheme you already have going on because black and white do not actually count as colors, white being the absence of color and black being a mixture of all the colors combined. So it's a really fun one to just add in to whatever you've already got going on as long as you have a modern space, a contemporary space, or a mid-century space. This black and white trend does not work well if you're more traditional. Even if you're transitional, I think it can be a hard one to bring in in an authentic way. So stick to those more contemporary looks if you want to bring in this trend. Another amazing trend that I do think is a timeless classic is velvet. Velvet. 
Now, I stick to smaller objects when I'm incorporating velvet, like a chair or a pillow. I'm really not pro-velvet couches or anything that's a large dose of velvet. The main reason is because when you move your hand across velvet, you can see the pattern from your hand, that movement, and it really starts to bug me after a while. The other reason I don't love it on a huge piece of furniture like, say, a sectional is because it tends to be one flat color versus a tweed or another type of fabric that might have some differentiation to it. So because it's one flat color, you're able to see every single stain. I'm not generally a fan of velvet in those large doses, but Velvet has been around for ages, and it's certainly not going anywhere. Because it's so thick, it tends to be more of a winter texture or something that we have a connotation of feeling heavy. So I would choose to incorporate it more in those months in terms of if I was doing drapes. I might stick to linen drapes in the spring and summer and velvet drapes in the fall and winter. But really, who has time to change that out? So I would just pick a couple of moments of velvet that could last you for all 2017 and beyond. Lucite was another big trend that I brought up way back when I did that trend episode a couple of months ago. I really love this texture from accent tables to picture frames to lamp bases. It's just such a versatile texture that is really nondescript because it's invisible. It's airy, it's clear, and I think it can be used in a lot of different ways. That being said, again, it's a more modern texture. You rarely find lucite in a traditional or French country or even country style home. So Think of it aligns with your style preferences, but if it does, certainly bring it in because not only are there really affordable lucite options at CB2 and Overstock, you can also find really high-end lucite, otherwise known as acrylic, at Jonathan Adler, at White and Webb, and they have a firm in the city, but they also have a product line where they do laser-cut acrylic tables, and they are really amazing. Very intricate, high price points, but talk about timeless. These are wow factor pieces, even though they happen to be clear, that you could use in a variety of different spaces. So you also asked, what are some of my favorite ways for a client to revive a space on any budget? Reviving a space can be so easy and so affordable. Layering the wow can be as easy as putting up a couple of drapes that go from the top of the window box all the way to the floor. They can be as simple as getting a great piece of art that's over 24 inches by 24 inches. I mean, that size is bound to make a statement, especially if you put it above a focal point like a sofa or a fireplace or a bed. That is really going to add that enlivenment that you're looking for, that refresh that everyone's asking about. I have this very nondescript shoe console in my entryway, but above it I put a 30 by 40 inch vertical painting of me and my family that I got on Etsy, and everybody, I mean everybody, stops in my entry and says, wow, Art can just do that for a space, especially if it's personal. It doesn't have to be original, but it does have to be something unique, something people may have not seen a thousand times before. Don't go for Van Gogh. Don't go for Monet. Choose something that you find on Etsy. Go to SachiArt.com. Go to You Gallery and modify by price point and find something that feels uniquely you. 
My favorite indulgences for a space. Oh my goodness. Well, you specified that it doesn't have to be a space on a budget, but keep in mind that I only design spaces on a budget. So I think you can bring in a lot of splurges or decadent moments in a space that you're trying to save money on. The biggest splurge that I think should be in every space is an amazing couch. Now that doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money on it. It just means that you have to love your sofa. I am currently on a sofa search. My Peggy sofa from West Elm got recalled. And so now I'm looking for a replacement that we're going to love as much. And I will tell you what, it is annoying. I am a professional designer. I know every couch in the book. But until your booty is sat on it, until your husband's booty, your family's booties have sat on it, you don't know if it's the couch for you. I had this perfect couch from West Elm. It was the perfect size. It was the perfect look. It had the legs I've always wanted. We went and sat on it and it was miserable. I was actively angry because it was so cute in person and it was such a disappointing booty experience in real life. So I have been turning over couch cushions like crazy trying to find that perfect one from room and board to, of course, West Elm, to now uh, Macy's, and I just can't seem to find exactly what I'm looking for. Every time I love the style, we don't necessarily love the sit. So you want to make sure that you check that out, but when you finally find the right one, go the distance. I found one that both my husband and I really like, and it is from Bassett, And it's $5,000, which neither of us can actually bring ourselves to do right now. I'm always telling people go the distance, but for some reason, $5,000 seems like a really long distance. But if we can't find anything else, I may pull the trigger. I don't know. Check back. But that is one of my favorite splurges for any space. I always love picking original art because original art will move with you if there's a personal connection that you have with it. You will continue to feel that for years to come. It can be worth it to get that wow factor. I also think a throw blanket can be a really amazing experience in addition to any space, whether it's your bedroom at the foot of the bed or a den on a comfortable armchair. There's really nothing like spending a little bit more money and getting one that's extra big and extra cozy. So there are some splurges. You also wanted to know what are some favorite design products right now and why do I love them? I love Joybird's sofas and armchairs. Now I just finished saying that you must sit on your armchair, you must sit on your sofa before you buy it because you know you may not find it to be comfortable. But the thing I love about Joybird is even though you can't go sit on it in the store, It has great quality, and they do have a free returns policy. So you have, I think, 30 days to try it out and make sure that you love it too. Another store that I'm really loving right now is Framebridge. I have seen some beautifully framed pieces, and they take your art. They pick it up. They'll send you a tube or send you a box. You send them your art. You pick your frame. You pick your mat online, and then they send it back to you, and it is comparably priced to allposters.com. If you want 15% off to try it, I have coupon code BIGDESIGN. B-I-G-D-E-S-I-G-N. I'm actually trying it for the first time this week and I'm super excited about it because like I said, 
I have seen some impeccably framed pieces. I have an artist friend that I used to buy from a lot on Etsy, and she recently gave me a tour of her studio to see all of her new pieces. And I said, who does your framing? It's gorgeous. She sends them off to Framebridge. I couldn't have been more impressed, and I was really impressed with the pricing. You know who always surprises me? You know who I always forget about, and then when I remember, I get so excited because I find a gem for a decent price, is the company store. A lot of you might know the company store from duvets and bedding, but they have really interesting lamps, amazingly cute side tables. Sometimes when I'm bored, I just stumble onto the company store and just scroll around their site. Their site is nothing special. It's not a particularly great interface, but I always find something unique, colorful, a little bit of wow on a budget, which you just, you know, I'm going to love that. You also asked what product design, I'm sorry, what design product can you personally not live without and why? I seem a little sofa focused, don't I? But I personally, even though I do not always recommend these for my clients, I personally cannot live without my sectional. That's pretty extreme. Okay, okay. I could live without my sectional, but not as happily. I love the fact that the other night we had friends over for a game of Fibbage. And if you don't know what that is, you have got to go to jackbox.tv right now. Fibbage is so fun, and it's this game that you play on your TV screen, jackbox.tv. Don't miss it. Check it out. But anyway, we were all playing last night, and we were all sitting on the sofa, four grown adults, and we each had a comfortable place that was ours where we weren't necessarily touching each other, but we also weren't dispersed in chairs so that we couldn't hear each other or couldn't be lively as we were playing the game. I love a sectional. When my family and I want to snuggle up on the couch to watch a TV show, we can all be together because no five-year-old is going to go sit on an armchair. They want to be in the prime real estate on the sofa, and I want to be on the most comfortable real estate on the sofa, but I don't necessarily want them kicking me, sitting on my lap. So the sectional has made it possible for us to all have an amazing seating experience without being in each other's personal space. Also, you wanted to know what is an overlooked aspect of design that clients don't think about when they're approaching a project. In other words, what should people be paying more attention to and why? Great question. These are amazing questions. I think that people should be paying more attention to their lighting. Lighting, lighting, lighting. The thing about lamps and lighting is that they draw attention to themselves because you turn them on. So if everybody's going to be focusing on them, if they are going to be glowing and basically screaming for people's attention, make sure that they're cute. Spend a little bit more money here. Look a little bit longer for that chandelier. Uncover some unexpected locations for your favorite items because if you just buy what everybody else is buying, the first thing that they're going to notice are these items that light up and they're going to immediately think, oh, she wasn't very original in other places either. So go for really special places when you're searching for those perfect fixtures and lamps. I happen to love lampsplus.com. I also really like, where else do I really like? Pottery Barn has some great stuff. Circle Lighting has amazing choices if you're willing to spend a little bit more. Shop Candelabra, Shades of Light. 
I have lots of little favorite places, but those are just a few. So Trudy, I hope that I answered your questions. I hope that you got some nuggets of gold. Go forth and shop. And after this commercial break, I'm going to be answering a whole new set of questions from Rachel. I'll be right back. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. We are back and Rachel had some questions about opening her own design firm. As many of you know, Rachel used to work for me and so she wrote me and she was like, Betsy, can I pick your brain? I want to know more about opening a firm. And I thought that her questions were so interesting and considered design as a career path for yourself that I wanted to share my answers that I gave to her with you. So the first thing that she asked me was, Betsy, I'm thinking about starting a firm. What should I consider? You should definitely consider working backwards. I worked backwards when I started my business, and it was a very big help. What I mean by working backwards is before you think about your offerings, before you think about that ideal client, think about how much money you need to make. How much money do you want to make? How much money do you need to make? What's that ideal salary? Then think about what hours do you want to work? Are you a super big mom who doesn't have time to do that nine to five thing? Are you somebody who's willing to put in 12 hours a day because it's your passion and you have a lot of time to focus on it exclusively? Do you already have a job and this would just be a part-time hobby business? Think about how much time you want to ultimately devote to your interior design career. Now work backwards. If you take that number of hours per week, Buy the amount that you want to make per week, then you can figure out what you need to make hourly. Now that you have that hourly rate, is the hourly rate over $200? Is it over $300? Well, you are definitely in high-end design territory. Whether you decide to charge hourly or decide to charge a flat rate, which we'll talk about momentarily, keep in mind that with the math you've just done, you might be a high-end designer at 200 plus. At 200 below per hour, well, you are a more moderately priced interior designer. At 75 below, you are a very low-priced designer. 
Now you can find your target market. So now that you know what kind of designer you are with the amount of time and money that you need to spend and make, we know who you should be targeting. Now the next question is, do you have a background in that? And I hope the answer is yes, because if you don't have an extensive design background, nobody's going to hire you right off the bat at that higher end level. So you're going to have to be more realistic or do this as a part-time job or shift some things. But if you do have a degree, if you do have experience, well, you could launch right into that higher end firm and now immediately target those people that match the criteria we just spoke about. Now, say you've done the math. Say you figured out when, where, how you wanna work. What should you charge? Should you charge a flat rate or should you charge by the hour? I will tell you that I think affordable interior designers should do a flat rate because those people have their eyes on the bottom line. They want to know exactly what they're going to spend and exactly what they're going to get. Whereas high-end designers, when you charge a flat rate, those people are usually quite picky. They want to see every option under the sun, and they're willing to pay for it. So hearing, oops, you're out of time, or sorry, the program is up, I can no longer help you, is not a satisfactory answer for those higher-end clients. And they won't bat an eyelash at paying hourly, as long as you bill fairly, of course, but as long as you have a very significant portfolio of images that resonate with them. What does a significant portfolio mean? It means that if you're starting from scratch, you might want to photograph or pay someone to photograph your own home. You might want to do friends' or family's homes pro bono because you really do want more than one space on your site. You also want to be careful how much you spend on starting your business. The exciting thing about an interior design business or really most service-based businesses is you can start lean. And I recommend that you do. Not taking out a loan, not sinking a lot of money into your business. The best and most successful interior designers have a large fraction of their clientele coming from referrals. So if you treat your first client right and nurture them and suggest to them that they spread the word, they will most likely love to do so. So that's really the best way to build that portfolio and get your business started is through friends, family, referrals. And then you can grow from there and roll that money that you earn back into your business to get that even better website, to get even more professional photos. But that's not where you need to start. And just because you have amazing photos, just because you have a website that's super slick, it does not translate to clients. So keep that in mind. The other thing that absolutely does not translate to clients, and this was something that was rather surprising for me to learn, is press. So I've been on the Today Show, I've been on Lifetime, I've been on NBC, I've been on CNBC, I've been on CBS, I've been on you name it. I've probably been on it, HGTV, DIY Network. And all of that stuff is amazing, but it absolutely does not translate to clients. I was on the Today Show end of December. I finished my appearance. Did I get one call at my firm? Not one. I mean, that show goes out to, I don't know, millions of people. I didn't get one call requesting my services. And I don't think it had anything to do with my appearance. It just doesn't translate to that immediate, oh, I can actually hire that person I saw doing a New Year's Eve party on the TV. 
Instead, what it translates to is credibility. So press will not immediately bring in clients. It's not the most important way to start. But as you're growing, keep your eye on press. You know, answer ads on help a reporter out for those tip lists as you're growing because having those badges at the bottom of your site will really give your firm a boost, but it will not actively bring in the clients you need. It just helps to convert those clients who land on your site because then they're like, oh, she's been on a lot of different things. I feel super comfortable with her. Let's move forward. So press equals credibility. It does not equal clients. So guys, there we go. A little bit of TMI about trends and about opening your very own design firm. There is nothing I won't talk about. So write me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Let me know your questions. And for those of you who have written me, know that I am crawling out from a mountain of emails and I will be in touch very soon because I really appreciate all your great ideas, and I can't wait to feature some of you on episodes and to feature all your questions very soon. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.